0: see of Bob the Engineer, Dolly the receptionist, and yes, your host, your servant, the Jester.
1: Oh my lord.
0: We're wired that way. No point in fighting it.
1: Another public service
2: announcement from Brill Cream.
0: Finally,
3: someone has reinvented the wheel. Hey,
0: uh, you tuned into the ravings of a clown on Chester Radio. <laughs> Don't
1: argue with the ball. Roger. We'll go. It's as good as done.
3: The complete solution for your home PC.
4: Fire the roof, the roof, the roof is on fire. We don't need no water let the
3: motherfucker burn burn motherfucker burn
0: yep 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 folks
1: yep.
4: <laughs>
5: Jim Hello, I'm my name popping. is Jimmy Pop. Good uh, evening. Welcome like to that. the Ravings of the I'm Clown. on Jester radio, but middle school, stupid, like junior high. I don't know, mofo, if y'all peeps. Fucking giving give him props to my hoe, cause she fly But the other white me take the heat cause I'm the other white me Known as Kid Funky Fry Shan,
0: yeah, I'm hung I'm like, like planet Pluto Hard to see with the naked yeah. eye But if I crash into Uranus I won't stick it where the sun don't shine Cause I'm kind of like Han Solo Always stroking my own wolf Be on the root of all
1: that's
0: <laughs> good evening welcome come on in come on in have roof, a seat the
4: roof the roof is on fire the roof. the
2: roof
5: the roof is on fire yeah yeah we don't need no water let the because i got eyes.
0: burn, burn, burn schlackin hey 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 welcome to the ravings of a clown for the next 120 minutes you have full head back permission So put your feet up, put your head back, and put your mind in a very cool place. Just let it all shake it out, man. Come on. Shake it all out. Get yourself a lovely uh, glass of uh, wine if you're abroad. What, are we on a fucking landing strip here? You hear that? What the hell is that?
4: Yesterday, the cops.
0: And today the, <laughs> the planes, planes are coming. Hey, you're listening to the Ravings of a Clown. This is Wednesday, March the 8th, the year of our Lord, 2006. Me, moi, why no one special? No one important. No big deal. Just your humble host, your partner in crime, your ami, your bud, the old jester, hanging with uh, the Lord of Sin. Good evening, bud. Good evening. How you doing, man? Doing pretty good. Looking good.
4: Thank you. Feeling very intellectual this evening.
0: Are you? Oh, yeah. Have you been reading what's going on in the world lately?
4: Except for yesterday, no. Nice
0: no, thing. <laughs> I'll
4: leave that part to you.
0: I see. <laughs> you don't really concern yourself much with the ways of the world, do you?
4: Well, I just catch up at night. When oh, you tell that's, that's very nice. Yeah.
0: Plus, we have a killer playlist this evening Brewer and Shipley. Um, Edwin Starr, Grand Funk, Tenacious D, The Shy Lights, Dawn, Carly Simon, The Beatles, David Bowie, Dana Lyons, so much more. And Jester Trivia. It's Wednesday, so it's Jester Trivia Night. And be the first person to get the correct answer into trivia at jesterradio.com and something incredibly special happens. Something almost magical. Let's turn our attention to the headlines now. In an election year repudiation of President Bush, a House panel dominated by Republicans voted overwhelmingly today to block a Dubai-owned firm from taking control of some U.S. port operations. Unless you're living under a rock, you know that uh, this uh, shipping company, which is based in Dubai, which is in the thick of the you know Middle East there, is trying to purchase uh, half a dozen important uh, seaports or take over control management of uh, half a dozen important uh, East Coast U.S. Uh, shipping ports. And the White House passed on it, said there was no problem, and then a couple of people spoke up and said, is this right <laughs> that the Arabs should control uh, uh, six of uh, th- these important um, uh, entries into the United States. And the White House went, Oh, yeah, don't worry about it. We looked into it. We checked it out. Everything was kosher. And then, of course, the story came out that the United States Coast Guard said that they were asked by the president, Is it cool? And they said, No, it's not. Our job is hard enough. By 62 to 2, the Appropriations Committee voted to bar DP World, run by the government of Dubai in the United Arab Emirates from holding leases or contracts at U.S. ports. Bush has promised to veto any such measure passed by Congress, but there's widespread public opposition to the deal, and GOP fears losing its advantage on the issue of national security in this fall's election. Of course, midterm elections are coming up in uh, November, and it's very important for the Republicans to hang on to those secondary slots, you know, the senators and congressmen.
4: I'm sure they'll slip that into another bill next week.
0: That's true. That's a very famous thing the Republicans do is they is they hide these things in other bills.
4: We'll give them three. They get three ports.
0: <laughs> they'll slip in three ports, and Mahmoud will come through. You know what the fear is? Obviously, that somehow that these shipping, uh, you know, uh, these freight ships will be carrying in terrorists instead of. I don't know. What the fuck do people import from from the Middle East? Sand. (laughs) What does the Middle East uh, contribute to the world? Art? Mathematics? Science? Medicine?
4: What? Militant educational systems. Nothing.
0: (laughs) I read a story today that the uh, Hamas um, is now putting cartoons on TV in the Palestinian um, region. Um, these cartoons are in, meant to encourage small children to commit suicide, to become martyrs.
4: I thought they weren't allowed to watch cartoons. Period.
0: No, that's only in the most um, ultra-conservative um, Middle Eastern countries. the The Middle Eastern countries that follow uh, Sharia law. But most middle uh, most Middle Eastern countries like Saudi Arabia and Syria. Um, don't follow Sharia law. They're 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 you know sort of Western style. They don't chop off your hand, you know, if you steal something. That's Sharia law. Well,
4: I'm sure they'll make exceptions. So they this. do
0: allow TV, and in the TV cartoons, they they have the little cartoon characters telling the small children, if you're lucky, you can get to grow up, and put a you know strap of a, a TNT across your vest. And get 78 free virgins. And the little children say, what are virgins? (laughs) I'm a virgin. (laughs) Bush has promised to veto any such measure passed by Congress, but there's widespread public opposition. This is a national security issue, said Representative Jerry Lewis, chairman of the panel. The California Republicans said the legislation would, quote, keep America's ports in America's hands. As the committee acted, and what (laughs) fucking... What? How fucking full of shit could you possibly be? This administration says that they're the Homeland Security Administration keeping all ports of entry safe, and they just w- wanted to fucking let this thing slide. And they're still being, uh, Bush is still being fucking um, arrogant about it, saying if Congress you know writes a law saying uh, that the United Arab Emirates can't own ports, I'll just fucking veto it. I'm not listening to nobody. I ain't listening to no National Guard. I ain't listening to no you know public opinion. I ain't listening to no fucking Congress. Bastard. I ain't gonna listen to nobody. As the committee acted, Democrats on the other side of the Capitol were clamoring for a vote on the same issue in the GOP led Senate. We believe an overwhelming majority will vote to end the deal, said Democratic Senator Charles Schwimmer of New York, whose attempt to forced the issue to the floor, brought the Senate to a late afternoon standstill. By its vote, the House committee attached the port's language to a must-pass $91 billion measure financing hurricane recovery. So they've already attached this law to another bill. And wars in Iraq and Afghanistan. The full House could consider the measure as early as next week. We'll keep you posted on what's happening there. Three college students, including two aspiring actors known around campus, as pranksters were arrested today in a string of nine church fires that spread fear across Alabama last month, federal agents said the defendants claimed that the first few blazes were set as a joke. the first few then we got serious, and the others were started to throw investigators off the track the track they got better so the f- they lit the first few as a joke because what 's funnier than a burning church. <laughs> And then the last ones were done to confuse the police. So they would then think, what, that there was...
4: Good job, guys. (laughs) Way to cover that up.
0: Governor Bob Riley said the fires do not appear to be any type of uh, conspiracy against organized religion or the Baptist faith. With the arrests, he said, the faith-based community can rest a little easier. Benjamin Nathan Mosley and Russell Lee Dubusk, Jr., both 19-year-old students, at Birmingham Southern College appeared in federal court and were ordered held on church arson charges. Pending a hero on Friday, Matthew Lee Cloyd, a 20-year-old junior at the University of Alabama at Birmingham was also arrested. The fires broke out at the five Baptist churches in Bibb County, south of Birmingham on February 3rd and four Baptist churches in West Alabama. On February 7th, the Federal Alcohol, Tobacco, Firearms and Explosives Agency has made the investigation a top priority with scores of federal agents joining state and local officers. While all three are entitled to have their day in court, we're very hopeful that this is the end to the fear that has been rampant in West Alabama. And they can all just go back to fucking their sisters.
4: Well, it's probably better that they're being charged for arson when I mean, you think about it, it. could be terrorists. Treason. Right I think terrorism. actually
0: they should be brought up on charges of uh, terrorism. That is, in fact, what it is.
4: Yeah.
0: I mean, they didn't stand to gain out of it financially. They were obviously getting some kind of sick, you know, need fulfilled by, you know, freaking people out.
4: There has to be. There has to be more to it than that. just that. There's no way this is just a joke. It's a church on fire for jokes. It's terrorism. No behavioral pattern. They're all churches. They should
0: probably start reading their email. <laughs> Gunmen wearing commando uniforms of the Shiite-dominated interior ministry today stormed an Iraqi security company that relied heavily on Sunni ex-military men from the Saddam regime, uh, spiriting away 50 hostages. The ministry denied involvement and called the operation a terrorist act. Police and the U.S. military, meanwhile, reported finding the bodies of 24 men garroted. Or shot in the head. That means hanged by the neck, by the way. Most of them in an abandoned bus in a tough Baghdad-Sunni neighborhood. I'll say it's tough. I used to think the neighborhood I lived in was tough. They also reported the deaths of at least 13 others across Iraq, including a U.S. soldier and a Marine. Again, they're breaking these numbers down. You see, you see what I'm saying? You noticing this pattern? Oh yeah. There's 50 hostages. There's 24 men garroted and shot, 13 others. Uh, across Iraq, including a U.S. soldier and a marine, they're breaking it down so that we don't get to see the big numbers. Thirty-seven people killed today in Iraq, and fifty hostages taken. The Sunni minority, which was dominant in the country, uh, and when the country was ran was ran under Saddam Hussein, has complained bitterly that it's under attack from death squads associated with the Interior Ministry in charge of Iraq's police. And over the past two weeks, since the bombing. Of a Shiite shrine in Samara. Violence has become increasingly sectarian. Nearly 600 people have been killed since a couple of weeks ago, February 22nd. So it's the Sunni and the Shiites. Under Sodom, the Sunnis had power, even though they're the minority. And since Sodom fell, the Shiites have become uh, the dominant in the um, government. Such as it is, many of the dead in that period were Sunnis killed at close range, after apparently being captured by overwhelming numbers of attackers. So the fucking you know the Shiites, the um think it's their fucking day. You know they had the the Sunnis had them under their thumb for so long, because Saddam was a Sunni. That now they're just you know getting back. Interior Minister Bayan Jabbar And one of his assistants may themselves have been targets of assassination attempts today. A bomb hidden under a parked car detonated as police from Jabara's protection force were driving through Baghdad, killing two officers and wounding a third. Four bystanders were also injured. And gunmen attacked the convoy of Interior Ministry Undersecretary Hekmet Muza in West Baghdad, killing two bodyguards and injuring two others. So it is just a fucked up place.
4: No market for the club over there. You got bombs strapped underneath the cars.
0: You know, it would be great to have another new market, you know, for the world uh, to saturate with with goods. It would be great. It would be great to open all those countries, China and Korea and, uh, you know, all those Middle Eastern countries, to just start flooding them with American and Western goods. How fucking great would that be to have all those new markets open up?
4: But pissing everybody off. They don't
0: like you know. They don't want to be influenced by the Western culture. So it's too bad. Hey, you're listening to the ravings of a clown on Jester Radio. It's Wednesday, March the eighth, the year of our Lord two thousand and six. Hanging with the Lord of Sin behind the glass. Uncle J, Ms. American Girl, Sid the Neighbor, the world famous Sid the Neighbor. whose name is spoken in over one hundred and thirty countries. All hanging in the Jester Radio chat room goading you, taunting you, saying, why don't you join us? Are you just so afraid of people and just so afraid of hanging out? That's what they're saying. I'm not saying it. And uh, they all have these little cute little um, profiles. For example, Uncle Jay says, heat is faster than cold. You can catch a cold. Get it? You can't catch Ms. American Girl <laughs> is not Brazilian. Apparently people have been accusing her of that lately. And she does have this very sexy dark um sort of I guess olive colored skin. Sid so the neighbor says two wrongs are the are only the beginning. I'm not sure <laughs> what the <laughs> fuck that means. And to see my profile, I'm afraid you're gonna have to log in yourself to catch my words of wisdom. Please don't fuck with that dial. More of what you tune into just Jester Radio for. Andy Gold starts it out. The story about a lucky boy. Don't fuck with that dial. It gets good. <laughs> Starting right now. The Highwaymen, Willie Nelson, Waylon Jennings, Johnny Cash, Chris Christopherson, the Highwaymen. Before that, Andrew Gold, and Lonely Boy, he ran down the hall and he cried. How could his parents have lied when they said he was their only son? He thought he was the only one. It's Wednesday, March the 8th, the year of our Lord, 2006. You're tuned into the ravings of a clown on Jester Radio coming to you from a secret location. So please don't even ask. Hanging with the Lord of Sin behind the glass, Uncle Jay, Ms. American Girl, Sid the Neighbor, in the Jester Radio chat room, why not stop by? Say hi. Throw your two shekels into the thick of the fray. Iran threatened the United States. As you may recall from last night's show, we mentioned that George Bush got up and spewed out some bullshit about how they won't stand by and let Iran uh, build nuclear weapons, challenging Iran and threatening to go to the U.N., and Iran, of course, responded today that the United States will come to harm and pain if they try to use the U.N. Security Council as a new and potent lever to punish Tehran for its suspected nuclear program. Washington warned that Tehran has enough nuclear material for up to 10 atomic bombs. And they're all pointed at Israel. The rhetoric reflected the intensity of the debate at a meeting of the International Atomic Energy's 35-nation board over a critical report on Iran's nuclear program. The meeting ended late today, formally opening the path to Security Council action that could range from a mild statement urging compliance to sanctions or even military measures. Imagine Iran saying if you go to the UN then we'll cause you harm and pain. If you start some shit I mean, it's like as if these guys have like five year old fucking brains. Don't they realize if the United States doesn't do it, some other government will do it. Somebody's going to go to the UN and, and and say, you know, we should take this up.
4: I would hope so anyway. Well, they would. They would, <laughs> so, they would have to.
0: So, the, the Are they just going to threaten anybody, whoever brings it up at the U.N., is going to come to harm and pain? What kind of people are running this fucking country that they threaten the other country? If you go to the fucking court and tell on us, then we'll what? blow up your cars, kill your mothers? The meeting also set the stage for a potential struggle between Washington – Which seeks harsh measures against Tehran and Moscow, which advocates a softer line. But the head of the IAEA, the UN nuclear watchdog, cast approaching Security Council involvement as a continuation of diplomacy with Iran. Mohammed El Baradi also suggested that Washington might need to talk to Tehran directly if negotiations reach the stage of focusing on security guarantees. To Tehran in exchange for concessions on its nuclear program. So George Bush should pick up the phone, (laughs) give Iran a call and say, listen, you know, we said some fucked up things about each other the past couple of weeks. Let's just talk this through and they'll just be perfectly. You know what? The three billion dollars we spent on our nuclear program, getting the atom bomb to work. Let's just call that a fucking wash. And we'll just we'll be happy to stop, uh, you know, building it. Once we start to discuss security issues, my personal view is that uh, at one point the U.S. should be engaged in a dialogue, El Barati told reporters. Tehran and Washington broke diplomatic relations shortly after Iran uh, radicals seized the U.S. embassy and took diplomats uh, hostage back in 1979. While the United States has swung support behind negotiations with Iran. Conducted in recent months by Russia and by France, Britain, and Germany, it's refused direct contacts. Iran claims its nuclear program is peaceful and only aimed at generating electricity, but an increasing number of countries have come to share the U.S. view that Tehran is seeking to develop atomic weapons. Scary, scary world it's going to be when Iran gets a hold of an atomic bomb. Really fucking scary world. Millions are going to die. A woman has filed a claim that she was sexually abused more than 40 years ago by Bishop William Skylstad, president of the U.S. Conference of Catholic Bishops and leader of the Spokane Diocese. Skylstad issued a statement today categorically denying the accusation, saying he has not violated the vow of celibacy he took 47 years ago, except for an occasional whacking off in the confessional. mm mm-hmm. The claim is filed against the Roman Catholic Diocese of Spokane December twenty seventh, by a woman who said she was under the age of 18 when Skylstad sexually abused her at St. Patrick's Parish and at Gazaga University from December 61 to December 64. Three years. Skylstad was a student at Gazaga from 62 to 66 and uh, taught mathematics to students at Mater Clary Seminary At Colbert, north of Spokane, the diocese is one of three in the nation that's filed for bankruptcy protection to deal with all the claims of sexual abuse by clergy. Skylestead last month offered to settle with 75 victims for $45.7 million. I believe that the, the Catholic Church, or at least the American Catholic Church, should change their name to the PCA, the Pedophilia Club of America, because that's all they are sad though they said let's get together and form a club and we'll trick the people into leaving in- their children with us should we run a school now nah, that's too you know obvious they people scrutinize a school let's tell them that we're priests and this is a kind of a religion and they'll-, they'll be happy to leave the children with us and run hey can we take your kids to a fucking barbecue can we take your kids on a retreat Can we take your kids into the back room to talk about, you know, Adam and Eve? Sure, of course, you're a priest. What harm can come? Woman's claim was filed as, as a result of the bankruptcy proof of claims process. Victims of clergy sexual abuse have until Friday to file claims. Greg Arpin, an attorney representing the diocese, said there were a total of 135 claims as of Wednesday morning, including the original 75 covered by the settlement. The woman's claim was first reported today by the Spokesman Review newspaper of uh, Spokane, Washington. Mm -hmm. Six months after Hurricane Katrina, President Bush got a close-up look today at the mountains of debris, the abandoned homes, and the boarded-up businesses that are shocking reminders of the pain and agony New New Orleans still uh, endure. He finally decided to show up six months later.
4: Worked it into the schedule. Worked
0: it into the schedule. You, how many vacations has he had in the past six months, you have to ask yourself?
4: Can't miss a tea time. How
0: many fucking golf rounds were included in that?
4: Oh, by the way. Hey, guys. I'm here. <laughs> yeah, I'm here <laughs>
0: six months later. You know, I I very sincerely think of the president of the United States very much like the president of a company. Supposed to be in charge, supposed to be aware, supposed to handle the big things. What's bigger, imagine if you're like the president of a chain of retail stores and one of the retail stores has a fire and burns down to the ground. Obviously, your first priority is going to be get on a fucking plane, get over there, shake fucking hands of the people that worked in the store, visit people in the hospital, get on the fucking media and say you know how horrified and sorry you are. Six months later, he breezes into town. Hey, where's the jambalaya I hear all about? <laughs> where's the fresh shrimp? In the devastated Lower Ninth Ward, few residents were around to tell Bush how they felt, but two young women held up a sign for his motorcade that said, where's my government? Further up the road, a man waved a flattened cardboard box in which he had written, Pres, President, cut the red tape and help us. The president scaled down the enthusiastic assessment he made on his last trip to New Orleans in January when he suggested this city would be a great place for Americans to bring their families and have their conventions. This time, Bush discussed the hard work ahead. I'm getting a view of the progress that's being made, Bush said. There's still a lot of work to be done, no question about it. (laughs) Demolition of the worst damaged homes in the Lower Ninth Ward began only this week. Those not flattened by the storm and had no signs of life and were spray painted with large X's. and In some cases, the number of bodies found inside. You've got a pile of stuff here, Bush said. <laughs> Sharp has attacked that boy. <laughs> After watching a small bulldozer push a pile of debris on a street littered with a mattress, toys, a cooking pot, several pair of blue jeans, a box of pastaroni, and a pair of women's underwear. And by the way, that's delicious. Have you ever had pastaroni with uh, women's underwear? Mm, Doggy. (laughs) We want people coming home, Bush said. To help make that a reality, the president said Congress must come forward with money to compensate Louisianans whose homes were damaged or destroyed and to rebuild New Orleans' broken levees. Without it, Bush said, residents and businesses won't even have enough confidence in their city's future to return and bring it alive again. He criticized Congress's earlier Diversion of $1.5 billion in levy rebuilding money to non New Orleans related projects, saying lawmakers shortchanged the process of rebuilding the city. He said Congress must reverse the decision, even as lawmakers were poised to do so. $19 billion hurricane relief measure set for approval by a key House panel proved uh, provides $1.5 billion in various Army Corps of Engineers water projects, uh, chiefly for rebuilding New Orleans levy systems. So the government wants to throw in, you know, twenty bill or so to repair New Orleans, federal government. It's a lot of money. A lot of money. You imagine what that money could be used for. I mean, just think about putting it back in Americans' pockets. What the what what kind of how that would spur the economy. I mean, you know, I feel bad for the people in New Orleans, you know, but uh, when I was living living in Connecticut, and we had a nor'easter that came and knocked a fucking tree down and smashed my you know thirty thousand dollar car fucking president didn 't buy me a new car. I had to have insurance I paid for insurance you know all my life just for a fucking situation like that. I don't know where the fuck it, it, it happened, how it turned, how the, the government turned into a charity agency where it would say, everybody in the country, let's just all get together and give some of all of our money and give it to the people over here who really need it. You know, because then it begs the question, what about the people over there? They really need it. Oh, well, we can't give it to those people. They don't believe in Jesus. What?
4: <laughs> I'm sure every one of those down there in Louisiana does too. They all believe in Jesus. But I don't. I'm sure they do. And you don't.
0: (laughs) And those fucking tax dollars are coming out of your pocket and my pocket, too. That's not fair. I don't know. I have other, you know, charities that I want to give to. I know, for example, you give regularly, quite generously, to the Church of Satan.
4: Oh, yeah. (laughs) They tithe your income, in fact, I understand. Horizontal refreshments. You know, I feel giving to the girls dancing on the pole. There you go.
0: That's the way to donate to the education. to the, uh, to the uh, Church of Satan. Abortion rates declined significantly among Texas girls, though some got riskier abortions later in pregnancy after the state enacted a parental notification law. According to research, findings could have a strong influence on the abortion debate. Texas is the biggest of 35 states that require minors to notify their parents or get their consent before obtaining an abortion, although... A judge can usually grant a waiver. Researchers at Baruch College of City University of New York studied the records of 10 abortions, I should say teen abortions, and births for the two years before the Texas law took effect on January 1st, 2000, and for the three years after, abortion rates dropped for girls between 15 and 18, even though the 18-year-olds were not subject to the law. But the drop was more pronounced among the younger girls. Their rates fell 11 to 20 percent, More than the rate among the 18-year-olds, the law has definite behavioral effects, said lead researcher Ted Joyce, a Baruch professor at economics. So all these fucking brainiacs at Baruch got together and they said, hmm, wow, if they make a law that prevents children from getting abortions unless they get their parents' permission, there'll be less abortions. Wow. Imagine that course the study didn't include how many fetuses were tried to be flushed down the fucking toilet by 16 year old kids.
4: It's not like they're going to stop having sex or anything.
0: No. The, the, the study doesn't even address how many uh, pregnancies or how many children were having sex. In the study, birth rates declined for all ages in the 15 to 18 year old group. At the same time, the abortion rate among the 18 year olds fell from 27.7 abortions per thousand girls before the law to 25.8, 27.7 to 25.8. I believe that may be within the you know, stati- probability of statistical, uh, what's that called? Oh, Standard of uh, deviation uh, uh, curve. The rate dropped from 18.7 to 14.5 among 17-year-old girls, 12.1 to 9.0 among six, uh, 16-year-olds, and 6.5 to 5.4 among among 15-year-olds, Texas State Senator Florence Shapiro, who sponsored the notification law, said the findings show that more parents are being involved in their daughter's life-altering decisions, meaning once they have sex and once they get pregnant, then they're involved. Right. That was my intent, she said. Last year, Texas went further and enacted a law requiring parental consent. In the study, girls 17 and a half or slightly older were one-third more likely to have an abortion in the second trimester And girls already 18 when they became pregnant, indicating many waited until they turned 18 to escape the notification requirement. So if you're (laughs) pregnant and you're just about to turn 18, then wait till you're 18 and get an abortion.
4: Well, I can drop that rate to zero. Just make it all illegal.
0: Take it completely illegal. And the records will show nobody's having an abortion. (laughs) Nobody's
4: having abortions.
0: Coat (laughs) coat hanger sales will skyrocket, (laughs) though. Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. Fucking wacky people. Hey, you're listening to the Ravings of a Clown on Jester Radio. It's Wednesday, March the 8th, the year of our Lord, 2006. Hanging with Sid the Neighbor, Uncle Jay, Ms. American Girl, Lord of Sin behind the glass. Don't fuck with that dial. You're right where it is. You're on Jester Radio, coming to you from a secret location outside your universe.
3: Big and dumb, they look so stupid, they aren't much fun. The cows aren't fun, they eat to grow, grow to die, die to be et at the hamburger fry. The cows, well done. Nobody thunk it, nobody knew, no one imagined the great cow guru. Cows are one. He hid in the forest, read books with great zeal. He loved Che Guevara, a revolutionary veal. The cow say tongue. He spoke about justice, but nobody stirred. He felt like an outcast, alone in the herd. The cow doll drums. He moved "We must fight, escape or we'll die." Cows gathered around, cause the stakes were so high. Bad cow pun. But then he was captured, stuffed into a crate, loaded on to a truck, where he rode to his fate. Cows are bummed. He was a scrawny calf, who looked rather woozy. No one suspected he was packing an oozy. Cows with guns. They came with a needle to stick in his thigh. He kicked for the groin. He pissed in their eye. Cow well hung. Knocked over a tractor and ran for the door. Six gallons of gas flowed out on the floor. The run cows, run. He picked up a bullhorn and jumped up on the hay. We are free roving bovines. We run free today. We will fight for bovine freedom And hold our large heads high We will run free with the buffalo Or die Cows with guns Crashed the gate in a great stampede, tipped over milk truck, torched all the feed. Cows have fun. Sixty police cars were piled in a heap, covered in cow pies, covered up deep. Much cow dung. Black smoke rising, and darken in the day, twelve burning McDonald's. Have it your way. We will fight for bovine freedom And hold our largest high We will run free with the buffalo Or die Cows with guns The president said, enough is enough these uppity cattle, it's time to get tough Cow dung flung The newspapers gloated, folks sighed with relief Tomorrow at noon they would all be ground beef Cows on buns The cows were surrounded, they waited and prayed They mooed their last moos, they chewed their last hay the Cows outgunned The order was given to turn cows to whoppers Enforced by the might of 10,000 coppers But on the horizon, surrounding the shoppers Came the deafening roar of chickens in choppers We will fight for bovine freedom And hold our large heads high We will run Buffalo or dog. Oh,
1: oh.
3: Cows with Guns
0: Fighting for bovine freedom everywhere, Dana Lyons, Cows with Guns. We will run free with the buffalo, although there aren't any more buffalo. They're all gone. Grand Funk Railroad before that, save the land, you tuned into the ravings of a clown on Jester Radio this Wednesday, March the 8th, the year of our Lord, 2006. Request lines are now officially open, trivia coming up in this hour, And, and that's it. No
4: special prizes tonight. There is a special prize. (laughs) Just trivia.
0: It's a special prize, but I'm not telling what it is.
4: You'll get to feel good about yourself.
0: No, no, it's something better than that. (laughs) It's a special, special prize. So I think everybody should put on their thinking caps, get their all music guides handy, and their rock trivia magazine out. Lawyer for former Enron Corp. CEO Jeffrey Skilling mounted a blistering attack today on the admitted architect of schemes that helped ruin the company, saying he let his own wife go to prison because of his raging greed. The cross-examination of Andrew Fastow, who has been uh, linked, uh, has linked Skilling and Enron founder Kenneth Lay to massive fraud at the company, provided the most tense and dramatic moments yet in the federal trial of the former chief executive's Lawyer Daniel Petricelli focused on the willingness of the former chief financial officer to watch his wife, Lee, serve a year in prison rather than come clean with federal investigators and Fastow's admission that his own children were indirectly caught up in the crimes. So you sacrificed your wife to protect your own self-interests, correct? Petricelli asked in a tone of disbelief. I did not go in and plead guilty before that point in time. That's correct, Fastow replied. Leah Fastow served a year in prison for submitting a tax return that failed to classify his income. The kickbacks intended for Fastow, some of which were sent in the form of checks to his two young sons. How skanky is that? Yeah, listen, don't make the checks out to me. Make the checks out to my kids. That way, when we get caught, their fucking good names will be drugged through the mud. To do those things, you must have been consumed with an insatiable greed. Is that fair to say? Petroselli asked, I believe I was extremely greedy and that I lost my moral compass and I've done terrible things that I very much regret, answered Fastow, who has pleaded guilty to two conspiracy counts and agreed to serve up to ten years in the can. The defense lawyer sought to undermine testimony in which Fastow said Skilling gave his blessing to financial partnerships designed to hide losses at Enron and meet investors' earning pr- expectations. Kickbacks Fastow received that roped his wife into the Enron, uh, the Enron scandal were separate from those financial partnerships. Under questioning from Petricelli, Fastow said Skilling and Lay received no money from those kickback schemes. Fastow also said Lay spread uh, false information to Enron employees and the public in late 2001 when he knew the company's finances were crumbling Contrasting Lay's claim that he believed Enron was healthy. Right to the end, if you remember, um, you know, uh, uh, Kenneth Lay was uh, telling everybody, you know, that the, the, the business was doing better than ever trying to get this stock uh, as high as it could go so that he could cash out. What a fucking muck and mire. Contending that women have more options than they do in the event of an unintended pregnancy, men's rights activists are mounting a long-shot legal campaign aiming at giving them the chance to opt out of financial responsibility for raising a child. Hear, hear. Hear, hear. This is a bunch of guys who have gotten together and said, you know, a lot of shit's been talked about women's rights. And uh, women have the right to an abortion. Women have the right to uh, carry the pregnancy to, uh, you know, to delivery. But what rights do guys have? If the woman decides to keep the baby, but the guy doesn't want the baby, can he say, "Hey, sure, have the baby, but don't include me"? That'd be right. I'll pay for the abortion or I'll pay 50% for the abortion, but I don't want the baby. The National Center for Men has prepared a lawsuit uh, nicknamed Roe v. Wade for Men to be filed tomorrow in U.S. District Court in Michigan on behalf of a 25-year-old computer programmer ordered to pay child support for his ex-girlfriend's daughter. The suit addresses the issue of male reproductive rights, contending that lack of such rights violates the U.S. Constitution's Equal Protection Clause. The gist of the argument, if a pregnant woman can choose among abortion, adoption, or raising the kid themselves, the man involved in an unintended pregnancy should have the chance of declining financial responsibility of fatherhood. The activists involved uh, hope to spark discussion even if they lose. There's such a spectrum of choice that women have. It's her body, her pregnancy. She has the ultimate right to make decisions, said Mel Fate, director of the Men's Center. I'm trying to find a way for a man also to have some say over decisions that affect his life profoundly. Fate's organization has been trying since the early 90s to pursue such a lawsuit and uh, finally found a suitable plaintiff in Matt Dubay of Saginaw, Michigan. Dubay says he was ordered to pay 500 bucks a month in child support for a girl born last year to his ex-girlfriend. He says that the woman knew he didn't want to have a child with her and assured him repeatedly that uh, because of a physical con- condition she couldn't even get pregnant and, uh, of course, uh, he's f- braced for the lawsuit to fail. What I expect to hear from the court is that the way things are it now is really not fair, but that's just the way it is, he said in a telephone interview. Just to create awareness would be enough to at least get a debate started. That's a good point. Good fucking point, man. Love that. You know, what if the guy says, I never wanted this kid, I, I she told me, uh, you know, sh- she was using protection.
4: Happens a lot.
0: Does this mean that um, that if he doesn't use a scumbag, though, that he's still liable?
4: Be- the com- you mean the neighborhood cum dumpster?
0: <laughs> In other words, if he do- if he doesn't use a, a condom. Um, it, it it and the chick tells him that she's got protection, but what if the chick is lying? Isn't it his responsibility to prevent the pregnancy too?
4: Well, there's the aiding and abetting law, right? I mean, yeah, she they, they they still charge you for that, even though you know the other person didn't know. So,
0: oh, that's true. But we're not talking about um, helping somebody in a crime after they shoot the, the candy store owner here. <laughs> we're talking about a guy who innocently th- believes his girlfriend when she says that she is taking the pill or she's incapable of getting pregnant, But so he takes no measures to protect them from having a baby. He doesn't wear a condom, doesn't get a vasectomy. I guess those are the two choices right. the guy has. Well, Celibacy. And celibacy, right? He doesn't keep his dick dry. What the fuck? So, Who
4: wants to do that?
0: So, yeah, this um, that that's true. He does always have the choice of not having sex.
4: But, but
0: you know, the chick had the choice, too, exactly. you know, and maybe she lied or maybe she was wrong. Maybe the chick really believed she couldn't get pregnant.
4: So at this point, we are now suing the doctor. All right.
0: For telling her that she couldn't have any kids exactly. that's a good point too. She has a a lawsuit against uh, the the person who told her that
4: well, I think there's definitely a lot of variables, but
0: yeah, we and she could be service. living in a fantasy world. The doctor may have said it may be difficult for you to have a baby, or mm-hmm. she could just have made that up too because you know maybe cool. she wanted the kid, maybe she wanted to trick the guy into giving her kids so she could have a kid, not have a guy, and get. You know, paternal support.
4: Get taken care of. Yeah. Don't want to take responsibility for their own actions. Right. Give me this. Take care of
0: me. You know that chicks have been using... Oh, come on. Long time. Millions of years. Chicks (laughs) have been using babies to fucking rope in guys. I'm not saying all chicks do it. I'm not saying every pregnancy. Obviously, it's a tiny minority, but come on. You know that some chicks have done it.
4: I think what I like most about this is that uh, every, every group, they have some kind of a movement where they want to fight for freedoms and such, you know, women's, the women's rights movement. That Now we have we've one. Given, we've given them away so much that we've surrendered the our own rights. The niggers have
0: one, the Jews have one, the chicks have one. What about just regular fucking guys? How come we don't get one?
4: <laughs> regular Joe Schmo. Regular Joe right. Schmo, six pack fucking Joe. <laughs> Don't look at my porn on my computer. Stay the fuck out of my business. And yeah, the sperm came for me. I'm entitled to my right.
0: I'm entitled to have sex. I'm entitled to ejaculate my sperm into a woman's vagina without fear of having to spend the rest of my fucking life paying through the nose.
4: One sperm.
0: I don't want a kid. I thought we weren't going to have a kid. I did it with the full expectation of not having any kids. I was just doing it to, you know.
4: Bust a nut. (laughs) To bust a nut. It happens.
0: (laughs) Here's a story, you know, of course, what very often happens is because guys are held responsible is that guys are made into outlaws and they run from their responsibilities. And uh, here's a famous story about that from the child's point of view. My daddy left home when I was three, didn't leave much. To my ma and me, just this old guitar and an empty bottle of booze. And I don't blame him because he run and hid. But the meanest thing that he ever did was before he left, he went and named me Sue.
2: Well, my daddy left home when I was three and he didn't leave much. To ma and me, just this old guitar and an empty bottle of booze. Now, I don't blame him cause he runnin' hid, but the meanest thing that he ever did was before he left, he went and named me Sue. Well, he must have thought that it was quite a joke and it got a lot of laughs from lots of folks. Seems I had to fight my whole life through. Some gal would giggle and I'd get rid and some guy'd laugh and I'd bust his head. I tell you, life ain't easy for a boy named Sue. Well, I grew up quick and I grew up mean My fists got hard, my wits got keen Roamed from town to town to hide my shame But I made me a vow to the moon and stars I'd search the tonks and bars And kill that man and give me that awful name Well, it was Gatlinburg in mid-July And I'd just hit town and my throat was dry I thought I'd stop and have myself approved at an old saloon on a street of mud There at a the table, dealing stud Sat the dirty mangy dog that named me Sue Well, I knew that snake was my own sweet dad From a worn-out picture that my mother'd had And I knew that scar on his cheek and his evil eye He was big and bent and gray and old And I looked at him and my blood ran cold And I said, my name is Sue Well, I hit him hard right between the eyes and he went down, but to my surprise, came up with a knife and cut off a piece of my ear. But I busted a chair right across his teeth, and we crashed through the wall and into the street, kicking and a gouging in the mud and the blood and the beard. I tell you I fought tougher men, but I really can't remember when. He kicked like a mule and he bit like a crocodile. I heard him laugh and then I heard him cuss and he went for his gun and I pulled mine first. He stood there looking at me and I saw him smile. He said, son, this world is rough and if a man's going to make it, he's got to be tough. And I know I wouldn't be there to help you along. So I give you that name and I said goodbye. I knew you'd have to get tough or die. And it's that name that helped to make you strong. Now, you just fought one hell of a fight, and I know you hate me and you got the right to kill me now, and I wouldn't blame you if you do. But you ought to thank me before I die for the gravel in your guts and the spit in the eye, because I'm the s that named you Sue. Yeah, what could I do? What could I do? I got all choked up and I threw down my gun. I called him a pawn, he called me a son And I come away with a different point of view And I think about him now and then Every time I try and every time I win And if I ever have a son I think I'm gonna name him Bill or George, anything but Sue I still
5: Oh Sarah Cynthia Sylvia Stout would not take the garbage out. She'd wash the dishes and scrub the pans, cook the yams and spice the hams, and though her parents would scream and shout, she simply would not take the garbage out. And so it Piled up to the ceilings, coffee grounds, potato peelings, brown bananas and rotten peas, chunks of sour cottage cheese. It filled the can, it covered the floor, it cracked the windows and blocked the door with bacon rinds and chicken bones, drippy ends of ice cream, cones, prune pits, peach pits, Orange peel Gloppy glumps of cold oatmeal Pizza crust and withered greens Soggy beans and tangerines Crusts of blackburn butter toast grisly bits of beefy roast The garbage rolled on down the hall It raised the roof It broke the walls I mean greasy napkins Cookie crumbs Blobs of gooey bubble gum Cellophane from old bologna rubbery blubbery macaroni peanut butter and dry curdled milk and crust of pie rotting melons dried up mustard eggshells mixed with lemon custard cold french fries and rancid meat yellow lumps of cream of wheat <sighs> at last <laughs> the garbage reached so high that finally it touched the sky and none of her friends would come to play and All the neighbors moved away and finally Sarah Cynthia Stout said, Okay, I'll take the garbage out. But then, of course, it was too late. The garbage reached across the state from New York to the Golden Gate. And there in the garbage she did hate. Poor Sarah met an awful fate that I cannot right now relate because the hour is much too late. But children, remember Sarah Stout and always take the garbage out
0: He's on JR. Before that, we heard from Shel Silverstein. He's the guy that wrote the uh, "Learning the Giving Tree," that great children's book. Although some people have a problem with it because it emphasizes uh, the, uh, sacrifice and how the tree, you know, gives up everything for the little boy in the end, and he's just happy to do that. And some people feel that, you know, to encourage sacrifice is a bad thing, especially with children. So humans should be selfish and they should spend their lives in pursuit of personal happiness and not be, you know, filled with this anxious uh, sense that they're not doing enough for everybody else, which is really what we do. But it's a beautiful story. Uh, Shel Silverstein gave a uh, Sarah Cynthia Sylvia Stout... A uh, story of a woman who would not take the garbage out before that Johnny Cash boy named Sue, which was written by Shel Silverstein. You're tuned into the Ravings of a Clown on Jester Radio. It's Wednesday, March the 6th. I mean, the 8th. I mean, the. 12th. 6th. 7th. 8th, <laughs> 8th. The year of our Lord, 2006. You're uh, uh, tuned into uh, Jester Radio, coming to you from a secret location outside your universe, hanging in the. Uh, studio behind the glass with uh, Lord of Sin (laughs) and uh, hanging in the Jester Radio chat room with the boys. Why not stop by? Visit uh, jesterradio.com and get into that chat room with all the folks Um, and uh, while you're there uh, visit the Jester Radio tchotchke store and stock up on genuine JR crap as well as um, uh, check out our new podcast and don't forget to uh click on that uh donate button. Give until it hurts. Just keep giving. Every day just keep going back to the site, another buck here, another 10 bucks there, another what? Well, we got a big donation last week, didn't we, Lord? Oh yeah.
4: 500 bucks. 500 bucks.
0: From a grateful listener.
4: Yep.
0: Paid the rent this month.
4: Can't and, promise no virgins though.
0: No uh, virgins, no. no. Virgins. Uh, more of what you tune into Jester Radio for coming up. Uh, we're gonna take a look at uh, more of what's going on in that sick fucking world of yours. And what? What's the extra cool thing we got coming up this hour?
4: Got some trivia.
0: Jester trivia. Put on your thinking caps. <laughs> a man ma- matching the description of September 11 conspirator Zacharias Moussaoui talked of his dream to fly an airplane into the White House more than a year before the hijacked plane attacks. According to a witness who is linked to al-Qaeda, testified in federal court today, Fazi Bafana, formerly a treasurer of a unit of Jamaa Islamia, which is linked to al-Qaeda, revealed the discussion of the dream and videotape testimony played during Musawi's sentencing trial. So here we have this Musawi, 37-year-old uh, guy who was the only reason he didn't participate in uh, in 9/11 was because he had been arrested. So now he's being tried for sitting back and not telling the authorities because he was in their custody. He could have just said, by the way, thousands of people will die next week. But he kept his mouth shut. So for that, he's going to go to jail. Now they have this guy testifying. His name is Vazi Bafana. And he says that he heard this guy. Didn't, Didn't know him by the same name. He thought his name was John. But he heard this guy saying that he had dr- dreamed of flying an airplane into the White House.
4: Dreams about so, flying? <laughs> and
0: he's not, uh, by the way, with Al Qaeda. He's with an organization called Jama'a Islamiyah, which is linked to Al Qaeda. Because Al Qaeda is only like 107 people. There is no real Al Qaeda. It's not like a government or a real agency, it's just a bunch of fucking, you know, homicidal lunatics. So anybody that starts their own little homicidal lunatic club in their neighborhood is linked to Al Qaeda by nature.
4: <laughs> a division of. <laughs> it's Al-Qaeda. a division of,
0: yeah. I mean anybody can apply for a uh you know, um
4: what the prerequisites a mean.
0: franchise in Al Qaeda. All you have to do is want to kill as many people as possible. Mostly Jews, mostly Americans, but as many as humanly possible. That's the only requirement.
4: Check this box please. You so this like to kill that's why years.
0: this whole war is such a farce. There's there is no real enemy. Everybody is not really, you know, with Al Qaeda, they're linked to Al Qaeda.
4: You should send them some coupons. <laughs> Horizontal refreshments in the hash house. And then they won't be so
0: bitter. Bafana described planning possible attacks on U.S. military installations. Says he was arrested in Singapore in December of 2001. He was ordered by the Singapore authorities to testify and cooperate in the Musawi case. Man, when you know when they fucking make you do something in uh, Singapore, you 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 don't think you know you you don't think you have a fucking choice in it. Like in the United States, they told him to testify. He said, you know, how high. <laughs> He described meeting in mid-2000 a man who was known only to him as John, but who fit the description of Musawi, and who he allowed to stay at his home in Kuala Lumpur. He told me he had a dream. He dreamed to fly an airplane into the White House, Bafana said. He told me he informed Osama bin Laden what he had dreamed, and bin Laden said, go ahead. He asked me to assist him. Bafana said the man spoke of his desire to carry out jihad and said he needed help with financing... He was also interested in getting uh, a, a ammonium nitrate and aluminum powder, which were, of course, used to make bombs. Federal prosecutors had said previously that Musawa had told Bafana of his dream to fly into the White House. Bafana was born in Singapore but is a Malaysian citizen. He was interviewed by federal prosecutors at an undisclosed facility in Southeast Asia. Talk, you one like. of the one of the secret fucking jails yeah they think they you know attached a car battery to his balls and they said is there something you wanted to tell us about uh mr Musawi?" <laughs> and then they just had to shut him up
4: <laughs> <laughs> all right all right enough. enough yeah
0: we got enough on him thanks <laughs> we'll 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 put it into second gear now since his 13 year old daughter vanished monday Uh, Her 13-year-old daughter, I should say, vanished Monday. Stella Brown says she's been getting text messages from the girl saying that someone followed her and that she woke up in a dark basement. Uh, This is the exact text of the text message her mother's getting. Can you imagine being a parent and getting these messages on your cell phone? Help, I'm scared. I don't know where I am. Says Stella Brown uh, to the uh, New Jersey Journal of uh, Jersey City for uh, today's papers. The message went on to say, Someone was following me and I just don't remember what happened. I woke up in a basement. I'm scared. Can you fucking imagine what the parent is going through? Jersey City police have classified Brown's disappearance as suspicious. Duh, you think? Although, you know, if she can use the cell phone to to send text messages, why can't she send... Why can't she just call? <laughs> Unless it's just like one of these Tawana Brawley things where she's just making up a bullshit story because she doesn't want to get, you know.
4: Right. She's probably out with her she's boyfriend. She's probably partying with stones. her. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Mom, I don't know where I'm at.
0: I'm, I'm, I'm scared. And I'll call you back. Five days from now.
4: Oh, hey. I've managed to. <laughs> Brown went <laughs>
0: missing on Monday morning after leaving home for school. Her mother says she's only received text messages and that she's not called, nor is she answering the cell phone. At this point, because of the circumstances surrounding the case, we're strongly and actively pursuing all means to find this young lady, said police Lieutenant Joseph Connors. And by the way, most new cell phones, you know, have a GPS built in. They could track you down instantly, Mm -hmm. down to like a few feet. So I'm not sure what's... uh, we you know, what the delay is in that. For years, Janie Carp has battled depression and anxiety with the help of prescription drugs. Though millions of Americans do the same, Carp admits she's intensely private, can't help but feel stigmatized for needing the medication to feel normal. So when the 53-year-old Palm Beach resident read the Walgreens printout that came attached to her prescription last week for the sleep uh, uh, drug Ambien, which is not a powerful drug it's a very mild you know sleeping pill she couldn't believe her eyes typed in a field reserved for patient information and dated march 17th 2005 was crazy c r a z y in another field dated september 30th 2004 it read she is a psycho exclamation point exclamation point exclamation point do not say her name too loud Never mention her meds by name and try to talk to her when. And the information apparently was continued on another page, but that other page wasn't attached. So this is what the employees of the drugstore have been writing in her file, is that, you know, she's crazy, she's a psycho. Don't say her name too loud and don't mention her meds by names. Obviously, some rude fucking, you know, 17-year-old cunt who works behind the, you know, counter was saying, you know, uh, okay, uh, you know, Ms. Carp, we have your fucking uh, Thorazine for you now. So calm down, you know, saying it loud. And she said, "Hey, don't mention my fucking drugs out loud. I'm embarrassed about that shit." She is, after all, a fucking wacko. That's why she's taking the drugs. It's not like she doesn't know it. I was devastated, humiliated, and embarrassed. Carp said, "I honestly couldn't speak. I was trembling." Carp filed suit yesterday against Illinois-based Walgreens company, accusing the nationwide retail chain of defamation, negligence, supervision, and intentional infliction of emotional distress. Walgreens is investigating, according to a company spokeswoman, Carol Hively, who said that computers are accessible to pharmacists and pharmacy technicians. So pharmacy technician, I guess, is code word for the 17-year-old cunt behind the counter. The drug utilization review includes notes fields intended for the pharmacist to use to enter reminders and patient requests, Hively said. We want to ensure that our pharmacy employees are acting in a proper and professional manner, so we're looking into this matter, which should take what? Like a half hour? What's to look into? Pick up the phone. What's the name of the person that entered that information? Then get on the phone with that person and say, why did you do that? The notes field is intended for internal use as a private reminder for the pharmacist, Hively said, implying that if the woman didn't get the printout, everything would be okay. It's okay that they're writing this shit about her and her record. It's just that, you know, she unfortunately stumbled across the information because the pharmacist printed out too much. For Carp, seeing the printout underscored, Her long-held fears of being labeled for taking medication to stabilize her moods. This is her biggest fear. She's afraid that people will find out she's taking these drugs and mock her. And this is exactly what's happening. In August, she moved full-time from Connecticut to the town of Palm Beach when she was younger. Carp said she self-medicated her angst with alcohol and drugs. She enjoyed eight years of sobriety before relapsing. And is nearing the two-year mark of again being sober. She said, "Now she's struggling to sleep, and consumed with worry. I'm thinking they're thinking here comes psycho. They're laughing at me as I come in the store." She said, "Had enough trouble picking up these medications in the first place, at the Walgreens pharmacy, car patronized in Connecticut." She said that on more than one occasion she asked store employees to please be discreet when discussing her medications. Many times, she said, employees would loudly call CARP's name and make reference to her medication, and it would make her cringe. person has the right to have whatever medications they're taking to be private, she said. I'm so private that I never talk about my medications, and now they're telling me I'm psycho. While preparing for a trip to L.A., CARP on February 27th, had a friend go to Walgreens, on Palm Beach Lakes Boulevard and Australian Avenue to pick up the Ambien. Attached to the printout with the drug information was the Drug Utilization Review containing these comments. Carp's friend immediately contacted Walgreen and left a voicemail on their 800 number. Somebody from Walgreen's called back first thing the next morning and apologized profusely, noting that the comments never should have been written. Carp's lawyer, Kathy Lively, said that she made more than a dozen phone calls, phone calls to Walgreens, all to no avail. She says she received a very generic will, investigate. Since the notes have been in the computer since at least September of 2004, which is the date of the first entry, it's anyone's guess how many Walgreens employees may have read them, Lively said. The company website... <clears throat> says that there are 5,122 stores nationwide with 673 in Florida. The state boasts that Walgreens' new computer system for fulfilling prescriptions links all stores to a single network.
4: They're all behind it. They're all dirty.
0: So now she knows wherever she goes in the country, whenever she goes into a Walgreens, they have this this note on file. On all 5,122 stores... Every time she goes in to get a prescription filled, it'll say, the woman's a psycho. Don't say her name too loud. She's wacky about that.
4: I appreciate those kind of warnings, though.
0: (laughs) See, because you were in the retail industry for many years, so you're you're understanding, because you get wacky
4: uh,
0: customers (laughs) who have unreasonable requests, but all she was asking was that the people behind the counter be discreet.
4: That's right. She doesn't, you know, it's her right, of course.
0: Just don't fucking, you know, hey, uh, Louie, we got your Viagra ready. (laughs) 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 We got that cure for fucking herpes here.
4: Yeah, that would be embarrassing. Very.
0: I think a lot of people are um, a little sensitive about going into the drugstore and buying shit, you know, buying condoms and... Buying certain kinds of drugs, and I know every time uh, you know a woman has sent me into a drugstore to purchase, you know, feminine products, it's been a difficult thing. Unless you're getting um, those king-size condoms, (laughs) right, (laughs) and and Astroglide, or or whatever those that uh, you know lubricant is. Guy behind the counter always gives you that little eyebrow tweak there when you buy that stuff, you know? Woohoo! Big date tonight, eh? <laughs> hey, you're listening to the Ravings of a Clown on Jest Radio this Wednesday, March the 8th, the year of our Lord, 2006. Bob the Engineer has asked me to remind you that if you're tuning in through Live 365, for God's sakes, man, don't do it. Switch over to jestradio.com via via streaming.net. Smooth, clear signal that uh, never skips and uh, plays 24 hours a day without interruption, no commercials, like Live 365, simply head over to com, click on that radio tune-in icon in the upper left-hand corner, and pretty soon you'll be sailing away to the great tunes of... Um, just the radio. Just the radio, as you know, is available twenty-four hours a day, seven days a week, bringing you the very finest in classic rock, folk, and comedy, on the nut f on the net, and maybe even the world. I don't believe there is a better playlist out there than Just a Radio. Radio. Stuff. I mean, we work. you know we listen to a lot of fucking radio, man, and I I personally haven't heard anything that even comes close. Coming up this hour, the Shy Lights, Carly Simon, David Bowie, Coldplay, S&G. Plus, Jester Trivia, Don't Fuck With That Dial, Meatloaf, kicks it off this set. Paradise by the Dashboard Light, Don't Fuck With That Dial.
1: so happy for the rest of my life will you take me- It. Well, let me sleep on it, I'll give you an answer in the morning well, Let me sleep on it, baby, baby, let me sleep on it well, Let me sleep on it, I'll give you an answer in the morning
0: good for absolutely nothing. It ain't nothing but a heartache, a hoo-ha. Friend only to the undertaker. Oh, sorry. Are we on? Are we live? No. Oh. Edwin Starr and Jester Radio. War cannot give uh, life. It could only take it away. In case you didn't know. Meatloaf before that, and the amazing Paradise by Dashboard Light, written by Jim Steinman. You're tuned into the Ravings of a Clown on Jester Radio this Wednesday, March the 8th, the year of our Lord, 2006. Hanging in the Jester Radio studios behind the glass is the Lord of Sin. Good evening, Lord. Good evening, again. How you doing, bud? Oh, much better now. We've been getting some complaints about your volume. So
4: I hear. Well, I don't know what to tell you. (laughs) Basically, uh, sucking on that microphone. Okay. Well, we'll see.
0: All right. It's time now for Jester Trivia. Be the first one to get the correct answer into trivia at radio dot com, and something amazing and magical happens to you. Not going to say what it is, but uh, as you know, in nineteen sixty two, number one hit, he's a rebel. Was credited by Phil uh, Spector, the producer, to his group, The Crystals, even though they never sang a note on the record. It wasn't The Crystals at all. Be the first one to send in the actual name of the band that performed uh, He's a Rebel in
1: 1962. On a day like today, That's
0: not even close.
1: We passed the time.
4: Writing
0: love. Well, that's not it. Thanks, Bob.
4: <laughs> <laughs> Look at him over there.
0: <laughs> Token. It that's up. not even close. <laughs> what the fuck was that? That was "Love Letters in the Sand" by uh, that guy. Uh, the uh, uh, you know the Nelson family, the kid from the TV show, the Nelsons. What was the name of that kid? <laughs> so, something Nelson, right? Ricky. Thank you. Ricky Nelson. That was Love Letters in the Sand. Good fucking try. Anyway, He's a Rebel um, has been uh, credited and on the label. It says The Crystals, but um, Lord of Sin and I both know that it was not The Crystals at all. Well, who? What, what was the name of the group that actually did uh, perform um, that song? Be the first one to get the correct answer into Trivia? At jesterradio.com. Don't fuck with that dial. (laughs) Although day after day, I try. The Shy Lights on JR.
6: They seem to know my name We laugh Tell a few jokes But it still doesn't ease my pain I know I can't hide from a memory Though day after day I've tried I keep saying She'll be back But today again I ride
1: Oh, I see her face everywhere I go On the street and even at the Show. Have you seen her? Tell me, have you seen her? Oh, I hear her voice as the cold winds blow in the sweet music on my radio. Have you seen her? Tell me, have you seen her?
6: An I'm looking for a letter or something, anything that she would send. With all the people I know, I'm still a lonely man. You know, it's funny. I thought I had her in the palm of my hand.
1: That's attached to my heart Read how many times I saw you How in my silence I adored you And only in my dreams did that wall between us come apart Oh my darling, knock three times on the ceiling If if you want me Mm -hmm. Twice on the pipe if the answer is no Oh, my sweetness Means you meet me in the hallway Oh, twice on the pine Means There is no I love you, I love you All my love sweetness you. Means you'll meet me in the hallway mm.
0: Tony Orlando and Dawn Knocked three times The shylights before that Have you seen her? We have a wiener <laughs> You could stop with the cards and letters coming in In 1962, the Crystals recorded this famous hit He's a rebel, but in fact, it wasn't the crystals at all. Let's give it a listen. So just because he tries things that nobody else has ever done doesn't mean he's a bad guy. What are you supposed to be referring to he's doing? Lighten it up. He's lighting it up, baby. He's striking him up. Burn baby, bell. He's no rebel to me. They said it was the Crystals, but in fact, it was the Blossoms featuring the uh, incredible voice of Darlene Love. Who, of course, went on to make many, many hits of her own, including uh, He's Sure the Boy I Love. And uh, that goes out to uh, Sid the Neighbor, was the first one to get that correct. And for Sid the Neighbor, uh, th- a beautiful thing is happening to you right now. <laughs> and I hope you could feel it. And that people rejoice.
4: And- Yay.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the people are rejoicing. <laughs> extra special thanks go out this evening to all those tuning in uh including uh, uncle jay and Sid the neighbor and miss american girl and uh, also thanks to our listeners from the united states canada germany united kingdom australia japan china's people's republic of saudi arabia saudi arabia they're listening to us nice guys shalom <laughs> South Africa, Antigua and Barbuda, Argentina, Malaysia, Slovak Republic and Sweden. It's uh it was the blossoms. Turns out it wasn't the uh wasn't the crystals at all. It was just done because uh, the blossoms were not um I don't know why it was done. It's conspiracy. It was just some kind of, you know, that guy, uh, Phil Spector, who, of course, killed his girlfriend last year, is in jail now. Uh, he's a wacky dude. Uh, uh, my ex-brother-in-law told me that he went over to deliver tapes at his house one time, and he actually wouldn't let him out of his house. He locked him into his house. He claimed that the butler had the key to let him out, and he had to stay and play pool with him for like four hours before he could go home (laughs) researchers have come up with a novel way to keep long distance lovers in touch high-tech wine glasses that glow warmly far apart um, however far apart the pining couple are when either person picks up a glass red light emitting diodes glow on their partner's glass and when one puts the glass to their lips the other glass glows brightly distance is not a problem as liquid sensors and wireless links are built into the glasses. Isn't that nice? So when you take a sip of your, take a slang of your wine, it goes to your wireless router and then goes across the internet and then goes to the other person's computer and then gets relayed from their wireless router to their glass and they can see when you just took a sip. Or they could use a 140-year-old invention called the phone and say, I'm taking a sip now, honey. Jackie Lee and Hyman Chung, researchers at the Massachusetts Institute of Technology's Media Lab in Boston, said communal drinking is a vital part of social interaction. So, fucking A to that. Who picks the wine? And lover, lover birds miss out on that when they're separated. Who picks the wine? <laughs> I guess it doesn't matter. I could be drinking Pepsi. all she knows. (laughs) Lee, whose findings were reported in the New Scientist magazine today, said the wireless glasses really do help people feel as if they're sharing a drink experience together. Of course, with the latency of the Internet, you're really getting that glow a couple of seconds after they're putting the glass down, aren't you? It's really not instantaneous. Loving Cups are to be unveiled next month at a conference in Montreal, on computer human interaction, you know, if they're going to work on computer human interaction, why can't they make a fuck you, fuck me?
4: Yeah, that's what we need, man. I'd rather get ahead than drink a glass. I'll of wine. put the
0: fucking, <laughs> uh, you know, internet-enabled lips on my dick, <laughs> and she could fucking manipulate, you know, the and you know, put the thing in her mouth and suck on the, you know, uh, and I'm get it, uh, an internet blowjob. Can you imagine what an industry that would be? and i never leave holy house. shit <laughs> are you kidding me and then they could build you know they can automate it they can write scripts you know of like the best blowjobs. they can capture them on you know uh on on disc and then you know you can order up a a, a Jenna, <laughs> Jenna Jameson <laughs> <laughs> You know nobody will leave the fucking house. (laughs) 24 people disappeared from cruise ships between 2003 and 2005, and 178 passengers. I think we actually should really invest in something like this. I think there's a market. The more I think about it, man, come on. Think about the homo market. (laughs) Right? They don't have to leave their house. They can make believe they're fucking... They could both, uh, uh, you know... um, Simultaneously, they could both simultaneously be thinking that they're, you know, uh, pitching, yeah, (laughs) and both fucking, you know, receiving at the same time. Both pitching and both catching. Do like a little uh, combo, like a like a like a round robin. (laughs) But I won't get one free
4: (laughs) if you buy this. You receive this. (laughs) There'll be coupons (laughs) in the mail. Coupons.
0: Among those who disappeared were elderly Vietnamese-American couple who fled their native land as boat people in 1975. Hugh Pham, 71, and his wife Hugh Tran, 67, fled Vietnam. They both named Hugh. What's up with that? (laughs) Fled Vietnam 30 years ago and five other family members, spending two weeks floating in the Pacific with little food or water. Their uh, son, Michael Pham, told the House of Representatives subcommittee, They eventually reached the United States and built a successful life last May. They disappeared during a Caribbean cruise. They just vanished. They went for a fucking cruise and never came home. It's like, you know, uh, Gilligan's Island. (laughs) Fam said the crew waited over four hours after being alerted to the disappearances before notifying the U.S. Coast Guard, and it took several more hours to mount the search, which found no trace of the couple. Two American citizens with no personal or financial problems, no serious health problems, Living the happiest times of their lives, both vanished without trace or witness. Fam told the subcommittee on national security, emerging threats, and international relations of the disappearances. Twelve were deemed suicides, one an accidental. Will you imagine committing suicide by hurling yourself off a fucking luxury cruiser?
4: Must be some bad shit going on. And on plus, boat. you gotta—you
0: f- <laughs> <laughs> figure they got enough money to get on a fucking luxury cruise. Well, though a lot of these cruises have casinos, you know, they could lose a fortune in the casino and get drunk and you know throw themselves off the side of the boat. I guess that's not too many—twelve people in three years or four years.
4: Hmm. There's worse numbers out there.
0: What a way to go, though, man! To be floating in the fucking ocean—you got to be floating there for a while, right? Human instinct,
4: <laughs> time to think about is it. to
0: is to save yourself, right? Tread water. You imagine being alone in the fucking ocean, treading water. Waiting to die.
4: Yeah, they, didn't, they didn't think that out, did they? What a way to
0: go. <laughs> no. I always think that people who jump off like the 15th floor get to like the third or fourth floor and go, you know, there is reason to lip splat. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I do have so much to splat. Why did I just jump? <laughs> Almost half of the 178 reported sexual assaults were allegedly committed by other passengers. According to figures released by the International Council of Cruise Lines, with over 31 million people taking cruises in the three years under review, only four robberies were reported. Wow. Mm -hmm. However, Ohio Democrat Representative Dennis Kucinich said he suspected the figures underestimated the true situation and that all crimes were not being reported. Several other witnesses told the subcommittee of tragedies on cruises. Lindsay O'Brien, a 15-year-old girl, was served at least 10 alcoholic drinks on a cruise ship bar and fell overboard while leaning over a balcony to vomit. How old were they? This this particular chick was 15 years old. She was served alcohol at the bar, 10 drinks. Wow. That's a lot for a fucking grown-up. And then she leaned over the balcony to barf and she fell over the fucking ship. Janet Kelly, 49-year-old married woman, says she was drugged by a bartender and raped. Hmm. So there's bad shit going on in those cruises. So, so did, did this happen before or after she fell in the water? No, dude, it was a different <laughs> chick. <laughs> 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 Fucking so wasted. <laughs> Flying a kite in Pakistan is a dangerous pastime, although uh, it's already it's banned for all but 15 days of the year, but a provincial minister warned kite flyers this week that any who cause injury or death... With strings made from metal or coated with glass can be tried under anti-terrorism laws. Yeah, in Pakistan, they don't just fly kites like kids fly kites mm-hmm. in the rest of the world. They have, like, th- kite wars, and they use special killer string <laughs> to kill the other kites, and a lot of times people get killed with the string. The Punjabi chief minister's unprecedented threat came just ahead Of the start of an annual kite-flying festival in the provincial capital, Lahore, on Sunday, kite-flying in Pakistan and neighboring India often involves aerial duels in which participants try to bring down each other's kites using string coated in a sticky paste of ground-up glass or metal. Every year, Pakistani media reports dozens of deaths and injuries caused by kite-flying, mainly of children and motorcyclists whose throats are cut by metal or glass-coated string.
4: It's like third-world country That's what fights.
0: a way to go. Yeah, they <laughs> cockfights. They can't afford chickens.
4: <laughs> <laughs> they're so fucking poor.
0: <laughs> they fucking fight kites. It's a matter of concern that a healthy sport is being turned into a game of death. Official APP news agency quoted Punjab Chief Minister Pervez Alahi as saying yesterday, Alahi said a crackdown has been launched against the sale of sharp kite string and threatened a permanent ban on kite flying if deaths continued. Action under the Anti-Terrorism Act would be taken in the case of deaths due to dangerous kite flying string, he was saying. And let me tell you, man, next thing they're going to crack down on the fucking yo-yo people because <laughs> they, don't, they don't just you know go up and down on the yo-yos. They fling them in each other's <laughs> eyes. Kind of fucking people destroy the fucking the lovely pastime of flying a kite. What you in for, man? I flew a kite, oh chopped off my neighbor's head. It happened so quickly and so cleanly. He was still talking for like five minutes. Do you imagine in your head cut off with a fucking string? Holy shit! For all those tired of silly love songs, how about the new North Korean hit tune, "A Girl"? Innovator dashing like a steed. That's a good tune. Many people in the communist state are singing songs glorifying the women's revolutionaries helping to build the nation, official media reported today, as well as the Girl Innovator song. Popular airs include Song of Coast Artillery Women, Girl Silk Weavers of Nagabyan, and I'm a Frontline Soldier's Wife. Songs promoting family values include Love Your Wives and My Mom Who Worries Herself About Her Child. A lot of songs have been composed in the country in reflection of the pride and happy life of the women who play a great role in all fields of social life. It's unclear whether the tunes have a beat that you can dance to. Two men have pleaded guilty to conspiring to secretly videotaping Michael Jackson while the pop star flew on a private jet when he was on his way to sue surrender to child sex abuse charges in two thousand three. Jeffrey Borer, owner of the charter plane company, Extra Jet, and Arvel Jet Reeves, who owns the maintenance company that serviced the jet that Jackson flew on, admitted late on Monday that they had intended to make an audio and videotape of Jackson and sell it to the news media to the highest bid. They figured that you know they'd get him saying, you know, shit like, Oh, they'll never catch me. <laughs> I could suck as many kids' dicks as I want to They could face uh, prison terms up to 16 months when they're sentenced in July. The videotape was made in November of 2003 when Jackson flew from Las Vegas with his then-lawyer Mark Garagos to surrender at a Santa Barbara court for the first time on charges that he had molested a teenage boy that he had befriended. Video system on the plane was not hooked up properly. Jackson could only be seen and not heard on the tape. After a four-month trial, Jackson was acquitted of all charges, incredibly, in June of 2005, the two men had previously denied any wrongdoing, but in a plea bargain, they pleaded guilty to federal charges of conspiracy to illegally videotape Jackson, and prosecutors dismissed two other charges of witnesses tampering and attempting to intercept oral communications. What I don't get is you hear all these fucking stories about these women who find out that they've been secretly videotaped by voyeurs who post their you know shit on the web. And that you know government says, "Oh, there's nothing we could do about it. There's nothing illegal about a guy taking videotape of you naked through your window and and but for spying on Michael Jackson, these guys are going to go to jail, <laughs> and they didn't even get away with it. Yeah,
4: it's crap.
0: <laughs> not like everybody doesn't know anyway. It's good to be rich, <laughs> and everybody doesn't know what that he was fucking those people. Kids up the ass. Well,
4: not one hundred percent, but I mean, how long has this been going on now? It's like, you know, the church. I Is mean, there
0: any question that Michael Jackson was fucking children up the ass? Is there any question about it? Do you have any? I don't think I have enough facts to really. Okay, come up with that's fair enough. Say. Fair enough. He did it. <laughs> Guilty. <laughs> Excuse there? me. <laughs>
1: yeah,
0: there's no doubt about it. The kid's not normal. I mean, he's 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 really crack down the middle, that boy.
4: No denying that.
0: Hey, you're into The Ravings of a Clown this Wednesday, March the 8th, the year of our Lord, 2006. Don't fuck with that, that will be right back I, to say I goodnight. Look at all the lovely people
7: look at all the lovely people Eleanor Rigby, ex
0: the only major rock and roll hit to contain no guitars no pianos no drums only strings there's only a string quartet in that song actually they when they originally produced it they had all those other tracks but they just took them all out and just left the beatles and the string quartet gorgeous gorgeous Eleanor Rigby, you've been listening to the Ravings of a Clown this Wednesday, March the 8th, the year of our Lord, 2006. Extra special thanks go out to all those that tuned in this evening. Please don't forget to leave it on Jester Radio 24 hours a day, seven days a week. It's good for you, and it's good for us. It's good for everybody. It's good for Bob. It's good for Bob, especially.
4: Bob stays alive. Everybody's happy.
0: Keeps him busy. That's right. Otherwise, he starts gnawing on the furniture. Please don't forget to tell your family and friends to pick up the podcast at www.jestradio.com and remember to be impeccable with your word. Don't take anything personally. Don't make uh, any assumptions and always, always, what, Lord? Do your best. Always do your best. That's the most important thing. We will meet in that place where darkness never comes. Until that time, Houston, I still don't know what I was waiting for and my time was... Running Wild, A Million Dead End Streets. And every time I thought I'd got it made, it seemed the taste was not so sweet. So what did I do? I turned myself to face me. Good night. See you tomorrow. Still don't know
1: what I was waiting for. And my time was running wild, A I million mean, dead end streets. And every time I thought I'd got it made, it seemed the taste was not so sweet so i turned myself to face me but i've never caught a glimpse of how the others must see the faker i'm much too fast to take that test Turn and change face the strain change your want to be a richer man To be a different man, down may change me, but I can't trace down. Yeah. I watch the ripples change their size but never leave the stream of warm and permanent sand. So the days float through my eyes, but still the days seem the same and these children that you spit on as they try to change their worlds are immune to your consultations they're quite aware of what they're going through ch- 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 change it ch- ch- face the strange. ch, ch- change it. Don't tell them to blow up on olive events
2: Hey everybody this is Chewy Chitlins you know when I'm not at a Klan rally meeting I'm sitting here listening to Jester Radio home of the best classic rock folk and comedy anywhere on the net well gotta go anybody see my hood and sheet